Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. I just couch toured. I've been couch touring all of these nights, and tonight was the one where I'm like, I felt like I was at the fucking show. Like, they got into steep, and I just blew my fucking world apart. I'm like, okay, there's only a couple songs left, maybe one more song. And we got the 46 days. I'm like, yeah, they're closing. I had no concept of time. And then they kept going. Piper. I was like, oh shit, they're, they're keeping going. And then Possum. 
I just always felt like I was at the fucking show, and I'm just sitting on my couch with a brand new baby and having some beers, cooking dinner during the opening number of Golden Age, and just completely transfixed to a new dimension. These shows have been absolutely incredible. Uh, this is Oscar, by the way. Fuck. That was fucking unbelievable show. These dudes, every fucking night. I can't believe it. I love it. Okay, hey folks. This is Helping Friendly Podcast. My name is Jonathan, and this is another quick hit. Today we are talking about the August 1st show from the Madison Square Garden. What is that? Night 10,000 of the Baker's Dozen, I think. Uh, I think it was it was night nine. Night oh, nine, I'm sorry yes. to correct you. No, you're right. It's written right in front of my face. But, there was um, a big number on my ticket. <laughs> That's all, all I, know. I know is there's a lot of shows and a lot of music and a lot of songs have been played. And you, RJ, have been at the last, what, four? Yeah. Yeah, now I'm on the train on my way back to D.C. feeling full of fish and, and very tired. Right on. Well, that's uh, that's a pretty good feeling. Why don't you tell us a little bit about last night? What um, what went down? What blew your mind? What's up? Yeah, it was um, it was fun. Um, you know, I mean, as usual. But um, I was with Matt, um, our, one of our co-hosts, and my good friends Dave and Chris. And my friend Chris came down from Connecticut. He had only seen two shows in his life, his shows, and they were the two Coventry shows. So oh, wow. this is like <laughs> pretty hilarious contrast. It's quite perspective. But he wanted, yeah, he wanted to give it another shot, you know, and um, and he had a blast. And um, so we were up in the bridge area, Chase Bridge, and that was really fun up there and lots of room, cool. um, good good vibes and things. Um, I went on sort of a tweet storm a little while ago, so if anyone's interested in, I kind of just. I guess my main conclusion from these past four nights is that I was I woke up this morning feeling a little bit um, expectation um, heavy, you know, because um, they're they're playing so well right now and they're doing so many interesting things that walking in every night you expect something absolutely amazing to happen, and and for the most part they keep delivering, you know, every night. And I think last right. night was really the second set was Matt pointed out if you take away swept away because that was like you know a minute um that's you know six songs six songs second set and um really no ballads in there at all and besides leaves which i think is a rocking you know new song in a lot of ways so well, you know leaves starts a little does start a little slow but it, it really yeah. gets going and it's not a bad slow it's I, I quite like that song and swept away steep are basically a piece even though they are yeah technically two different songs yeah exactly um, it, it was, you know, the first set I think was like, was fine. You know, a lot of, um, I like hearing circus films, um, with a nice, nice tro solo. Um, I always like those, you know, slow, but rocking songs with nice tro solos. I, that's a pretty great thing to see in the first set. I really like Army of One. Um, and I love, I love the wedge. The wedge is, is one of my favorites. So that, that really like, that was very satisfying. I was actually wondering, obviously during the wedge, if they were going to, stretch it out like the Chicago one in, from 2014 and a couple others, you know, but they kept it pretty tight, but um, really fun to hear that song. Yeah, it was a nice version, although, you know, it's not Chicago, but I don't think we can expect to see that possibly ever again. Um, and maybe it's better yeah. anyway. Um, well, you know, someone, a couple people tweeted today, like, songs don't even matter anymore. And that, you know, from Long Boy last week to Steve last, their last night, I mean, there, there's no songs don't matter it's like they just they they 
anything could happen to any song, and um, that's that's part of the that makes this really special. Right. I think I'd like to qualify that on behalf of songwriters everywhere that songs do matter. It just doesn't matter which song <laughs> it is. Something could happen. I think that's a really good way of rephrasing what I said. Songs yeah. do matter. But they can jam on anything, I think is the point. Right, um, <laughs> that, which is a great yeah. point, and it's total, I totally agree with. Um, and so w- let's see, what else should be, we should probably mention O Canada. It was the maple maple cinnamon glaze yeah. donut night, and the Trey did a solo of O Canada. It sounded like, I don't know, like it was it was rad. Yeah, it was like it was like the Woodstock, um, Jimi Hendrix, um, you know, what, what song was that? With the American Star Spangled Banner, Star Spangled Banner, you know, like that. It, it reminded me of that tone. It had that same tone, like that kind of classic rock buzz, screaming guitar sound. Yeah, which is always fun. Um, and then this maple leaf rag, which is that right in between. It's a fish that night that has it as a separate song, and then Guela on either side. But it to me it felt like a little interlude of Guela. But um, well, you know, they used to. Some folks used to single out the Ass Festival, which is a portion of Guela Papyrus. And instead right, of right. the Ass Festival, they play, Paige played this. So so there you go. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, we won't, we won't, we won't quibble. Um, but um, the McGruff, also a great song to hear um, for me. I haven't seen it too many times. Um, oh, yeah. And then, you know, the Limb by Limb is... is it's always nice just because it's a good, uplifting, danceable um, song. And when they, so when they were playing The Wedge, I was like, okay, they're going to play Antelope. And then when they were playing The Up, I was like, oh, yeah, there's Antelope's next. And then after Limb by Limb, I was like, well, they're going to play Antelope. And then after Walk Away, I was like, they're definitely going to play Antelope. So I was, I think all four shows, I was just feeling this Antelope coming, which was just didn't come. But the Walk Away set closer was, you know, kind of an abnormal set closer if you're if you're used to Walls of the Cave or Antelope or David Bowie or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I would say that um, with respect to Antelope, it's just like Christmas. It's definitely coming. <laughs> just might have to <laughs> yeah, keep waiting exactly. a little while. We might wait a little while. Um, so, you know, the, the set one, you know, I think it was like... It averaged great, you know what I mean? Like in this in this context, the Baker's dozen, like I said, when people were expecting so much, expecting long jammed out versions of regular songs. It's just so when a set like this, which is a solid set in any in any context, um, people are just you know really amped up for the second set. It it only suffers because the bar has been raised so high. Exactly, and it's not really fair to us or the or the band really. Um, but <laughs> how dare they? <laughs> No, I mean, it's not fair to them to, for us to be like that, but oh, yes. it's also like, you know, as fans, we're in this like weird position now where you, every night you walk into that place, you're expecting greatness, you know? And I think I think each show has had its, its share of greatness, but I think after the jam filled night last week, that was a, a, that was the highest bar they could have possibly set in, in 3.0, I think. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's... Expectations are at a peak high. The... Matt and I were talking about there's a little bit of anxiety, stress, I think, around the scene right now because of tickets and the, the demand is so high and the supply is so low and people are getting a little uh, salty, as Matt described it. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's, I think there's some tension, you know, which is really interesting because it's all, it's all about the release, not really the tension. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's interesting that, you know, three weeks out, 
three three weeks prior to Baker's Dozen when we first um, said, yeah, we're going to do this live thing that we did last weekend. I didn't have a ticket for the fish show that night, but I was able to pretty easily acquire one at face value. Um, and now yeah. people are scrambling. I mean, I think most people most people in the scene who you know put put some effort in are, are gonna find one if, you, if you're able to be there um you probably i doubt there's going to be a lot of people shut out um that were already planning to be in but uh yeah it's interesting to see they've they raised the bar and they've also raised the demand um, but that's what happens right yeah yeah exactly and um so last night, you know, the second set, you know, Golden Age Opener is a is a great um, great place to be if you're there. Like, you know, you know that a, a jam is coming. And I thought what was interesting about the jams last night is that the I kept expecting the the bliss peaks, you know, but they didn't really. They kind of kept it. I think as um, our, our friend Josh said, like kept it kind of dark, um, which is fun. And I think that's harder for them. Uh, more challenging, more vulnerable, you know, that sort of thing. They've been, they've been leaning to on the bliss peaks a lot. So yeah. it's, it's good for, to hear for them years kind of now, right? other ways. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Like that. And we were, you we were a little bit blown away, obviously, by the, the steep um, jam. I kept asking Matt, I was like, wait, so did, did Swept Away get jammed out or did Steep get jammed out? Because I didn't really, I don't remember them playing the part of Steep before they, but I guess that he, I trusted him that it was Steep. It, it 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 happens. It's so short. Even when when that's all there is, you could miss it. I've of course yeah. never seen swept away steep, and it doesn't look like I'm going to get one this year. Um, but, <laughs> Probably not. Uh, nor walk away. But what are you going to do? Uh, and then the but rest of the set. Lots of songs you might get, you know. Right. Oh, I'm not complaining. It's just observing. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the rest of the set was pretty. Pretty great. Forty-six days uh, jams a bit. Uh, Piper jams a bit. It even calls back. I thought it was calling. He was. They were jamming undermined. Uh, yeah. When, right before Trey started singing forty-six days again and, and Piper. And yeah, I kind of thought that too. You did yeah. too. Okay, it's not just me. Good. And then uh, Rock and Possum to close it. Yeah, and you know, like Possum is probably the least my least favorite set closer I could possibly choose, but. You know, I, I, I'm not choosing it at this point. So I, I think I, at, that, I put, at that point in the show, yeah. I mean, were you disappointed? No, no, not at all. I just, um, I just, I think we, I think I speak for a lot of people that like, I was just, I wanted, I wanted more. I wanted more every single night, every set of the eight sets I saw <laughs> when the lights went on, I was like, that can't be the end. That just um, means that and, what they're giving you is a lot. You know, they're giving yeah. you so much that you, you know, it just leaves you hungry. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not complaining at all. I'm saying that exactly what you're saying. Like they're, they're so, they're doing everything so well, and it's so awesome that like when it ends, it's a real bummer. And um, luckily for many, many people, they get to go back tonight and see Marcos. Well, I get to go back on Friday, and I'm excited for that. Um, real, uh, we didn't mention the encore rock and roll suicide. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> it was really nice to see that. Obviously, I hadn't seen that before. Um, so maybe the second time they played it, right? Or maybe they played it again after after Halloween. I'm not sure. No, that was only the second time. Yeah, that's, that's the second good. time. Um, um, and I'm glad to see they have brought it back around. 
Um, yeah. Hopefully it yeah. it shows up again. I mean, they don't have to play it every tour, but as long as it's something that they are happy leaning on or pulling out every now and then, I I'm thrilled because I love that song. So. Yeah. And I thought um, it was pretty interesting um, that there have been these single song encores, which we talked about the other day, and it's continuing. Um, and when you're so impressed with what's happening and then the encore starts, and, you know, of course, I want them to play first too, or Animal, or, you know, um, something like that in the encore. They just, they're, they're just keeping people hooked to the point where you walk out like, wow. I'm ready to come back tomorrow, you know, and that, or the next day, and that's a really good place to be. Right on. Well, that that's a pretty good note to leave it, uh, except that you should pick us a highlight to listen to. Mm, I, think, um, I think we should play the, some of the speech. Sleep you? Jam, yeah. yeah. Give it a try. Fun, fun inventive, and um, man... That is definitely where we should leave it. All right, RJ, uh, have a safe trip. Uh, I know I'll be talking to you soon, and uh, I'm sure everybody else will be hearing from you very soon as well. So, yeah, thanks, thanks brother. I'm glad you get to go this weekend. Have fun. I'm excited. I'll talk to you later. Bye. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
What's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob Podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff. 
as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street.